Lord, we do come before your throne, Lord, for you to light us up. You said we're the lights of the world. Don't hide it under a bushel. And, Lord, we don't want to do that here at Freedom Church. Lord, we want to show who you are. Every day these cars pass this building, Lord, they see crosses all over the building lit up with LEDs. And, Lord, we thank you for that. And, Lord, we pray that this year you'll light up the people as they drive by and bring them to church. Lord, get them back up, filled up in the spirit and back into your your grace again. So, Father, we just we just come before you in Jesus' name, Lord. Open our hearts as we listen to your word here tonight, and to you be the glory for it. Lord, let there be disciples on the other end of this camera by the time we're done, and even in this fellowship, Lord. So, Father, we give this day over to you. We give our lives over to you. Lord, you said repent, that times of refreshing might come from the presence of the Lord. So, Father, we do. We know we are sins of your forgiven because we received Jesus. We repent of those sins that we seem to fall in love with as we walk in this dirty world, getting messed up in the mud and the mire of what's going on down here. Uh, Father, we know that your blood cleanses us from all sins. But we don't want part of, of that sin, Lord. We want to be set free, just like Jesus promised, just like Isaiah talked about Messiah, Lord God, that we would set us free. Well, set us free, Lord, from our, and deliver us from our wretched, disgusting sin, iniquity, fornications, whatever there is going on in each of our lives. Tame our tongues. Help us not to take your name in vain, Lord, and all the other commandments, to love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor in that same way. Father, to you be the glory for this night and always and forever in all of our lives that are here tonight and those over the Internet. To you be the glory. Holy Spirit, speak loud and clear to each and every one of us tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, everybody, we're glad you're online. I'm introducing ourselves again to, to the, to the uh, people that get on right now. Uh, because we know that happens. You're listening to Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches, and I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. We're glad you're here. Um, we're, we're at 2810 High Paluxo Road in Lantana, Florida, just a quarter of a mile west of I-95 on the north side of the road, and we'd love to have you every Thursday night at 7.15. You know, we're here at Freedom Church. I just finished the book of Genesis. We spent a year in the book of Genesis. I showed everybody typologies of Christ, foreshadowings of Christ, um, and, uh, messianic appearances of, of Christ, and I wanted to show you Jesus Christ from the very first foundation, which is Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3. From, from that verse on, all through the Bible, that scarlet thread of his blood, you know, you know is reigning throughout this, this book here. This is God's love letter to you. So read it. So this Christmas, you know, we're studying, we're going to, we're not celebrating the actual Christmas. We're celebrating the anniversary of that day that Jesus Christ was born. Somebody said to me one time, a very important person to me, it was my father. He said, 
Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. I said, yeah, you're exactly right. Probably not. I says, but the point is, he came. He came. What difference if it was December 26th? He came to redeem mankind. So here tonight, we're going to be jumping into uh, a little bit of a Christmas message here. I, I want you online to go to our website, freedomchurchpb.org. PB stands for palmbeach.org. And uh, you can check us out, who we are, what we believe in, where we're located. You can listen to any messages from years back. You can donate online. You can do all that from right there at home. So um, Thursday night, we're here at 715, 2810 High Paluxo Road, every Sunday at 10 a.m. And uh, men, if you're local, 9 a.m. every Saturday morning, we have a men's Bible study. The ladies' Bible studies have been canceled for this month because of all the busyness of the season, and, uh, and uh, we want you to know that, that um, you're welcome to come here. And for those of you at home, as I said earlier today, when I introduced the church to the first people that come online to get the worship and everything else, you know that... Um, I said to them, you know, it's just because you're staying at home doesn't mean you cannot support your church with tithes and offerings and alms. Tithes, of course, you know, is is for your church. Alms and and uh, and gifts are are for whoever you feel you've been blessed by by teaching and hearing the word of God. So listen, I'm a teacher of the word. I'm a pastor, yes, but I'm more of a teacher. Uh, of the word I like to dig in and uh, into the scriptures and look for the beautiful gems written within God's word so tune in on Sunday at 10 a.m. Freedom Church PB for palmbeach.org freedomchurchpb.org I want to open up in prayer one of our number is 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 graduating from Palm Beach Atlantic College in in ministry and tomorrow is his commissioning service at 10 a.m. and I'm going to be there with him. We're very proud of him, you know, to get his his degree in uh, work. And he's already I've been on missions trips with him, and uh, he's um, probably headed to Brazil in February to teach English to the to the Portuguese speaking uh, missionaries over there. So. I'll be with him. We're awful proud of him tonight. Plus, we have uh, Bob Mueller, Mueller, Muller. I always call him Mueller, but it's Muller. Bob Muller, who was admitted to uh, JFK Hospital um, yesterday, um, and he was put in hospice at home, and the doctor made him go to the hospital yesterday by ambulance. So we want to keep him in our prayers. And also his son-in-law, Derek. Derek also has leukemia, and he's been going through chemo treatments is a rough thing for that family over there so let's pray for them right now and and uh, for for uh, Matt Feldner for those of you who know him he'll be graduating tomorrow and being in a commission his commissioning service along with several other men so let's pray father in Jesus name we come before you we praise your holy name Lord thank you for making a disciple out of us uh, especially Matt Lord it's going to be um, commissioned tomorrow at uh, Palm Beach Atlantic College, Lord, at the little church right down the road. And we just uh, we just uh, pray that you uh, give him, I know he's anointed, Lord, give him a special anointing. 
for the work that you've called him to do. He's a young enough man, 33, 35 years old. And, Lord, he's got a whole life ahead of him to preach the gospel and win souls. Father, I want to lift up Bob Muller. Look to you, Lord, who's in JFK, probably in hospice. I don't know if he's in ICU or where, taken to the hospital by ambulance yesterday. We put him in your hands, Lord. We love Bob. Such a blessing to us here. Hasn't been around since COVID, but, Lord, we're, we're thankful for, for him. Give him peace and tranquility in his heart, Lord, during this time. And we pray that you might raise him up. I don't care how old he is. I don't care if he's 5 or 105. You are able to do exceedingly abundantly above whatever we ask or think. Plus his son-in-law, Derek, with leukemia and get, getting treatments, Father, and he's very weak and frail and thin. And, Lord, I pray that you, you bring a healing touch upon Derek also, Lord. And may these things be done for your glory, all three of them, for Matt's life, Bob's life, and Derek's life. And, Father, while you're at it, for all of those listening out there and all those here tonight, bless us to bring glory and honor to you with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. John chapter 15, verses um, 18 through 22. But my main verse is going to be um, verse 22, I could say. But before we get into that, the name of this message is, What if Jesus had not come? Just think about this. What a mess this world would be if Jesus Christ didn't show up on this earth. The world has become such a frightening place today. Who would have thought of it back when you were a young, young person? Who would have thought that the world is such a frightening place it is today? You don't know. There's no stability whatsoever. We have an unholy trinity running the most powerful nation in the world. That's insane. The world has become a frightening place to most people. There's so much anger in this world and not enough love. Yet the God, the, by the teachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ is, are preaching love. There's so much anger, but not enough love. Deep in the heart of many people, there is an emptiness that nothing in this world can fill except the Lord Jesus Christ come and enter. This emptiness in their hearts makes it impossible for them to love. They hate one another. And they hate us especially because we're believers. Listen to the 18th verse of John chapter 15. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Hey, you're in good hands. You're in good company with Jesus. Listen, this world is so empty, it's impossible for them to love. And we are told to remind them that God loves them. We are supposed to be telling this world that God loves them and that Jesus died for them. We must tell them that God's love is real. God's love is real, church. God's love is we're, we're real, all you unbelievers out there. God's love is real. We've got a bar out here across the street. We couldn't even park in our parking lot because they're, they're over there partying with Alcohol and drugs is no, no special day at all. I guess there's drugs. I don't know. Sure. Anyway, 
Listen, they're trying to fill that empty void with alcohol or, or women or sex or, or men to take home with them. Listen, it's only going to be filled by one person. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to tell them that God loves them, whether they're drunk or sober. We're to tell them that if they would just open their hearts, that Jesus would fill them, the, fill, fill that emptiness, and, there will be, and they will be free to love once again. That's what the world needs, love. We need to tell them that God's message to them is real and it has not changed. That God so loved them that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. We're to tell them that God demonstrated his love towards you and that while we were yet sinning, Christ died for us. He didn't die for the righteous. He died for the unrighteous and the righteous because he loves you. Something that man can't handle. I mentioned it on Sunday. You know, American word for love can mean anything. We say we love our puppy. We say we love our house. We say we love our, our spouse. We say we love God. But we think a lot of times, you know, in, in Greek, there's several different words for love. There's, there's agape, which is unconditional love. There's phileo, which is brotherly love. There's eros, which is, which is erotic love. There's storge, which more or less is a, is a love for your puppy. Well, we don't, many people say, well, you know, they, they made love. Well, I don't even know. We, they, what they're saying is they fornicated unless they're married. Or they're committing adultery. We Americans don't know what this word means. But God does. Does He demonstrated his love towards you that he died and paid the cost and the penalty for your sin. Even while you were sinning against him. He cried out from the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We're to tell them that God's message is real and he hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he demonstrated his love for you, paying the penalty for our sin that we might go to heaven should we put our trust in him and repent of our sin, and his sin washes us white as snow. There's one thing God can't do, and I know you say God can do anything. There's one thing God can't do because he chooses not to. He cannot, he, he chooses to. He cannot see your sin through the blood of Christ Jesus that covers you because he chooses not to. Because he loves you. Listen, Jesus was in the world. Let me turn to John. I'm going to read it right out of there because it's several, several verses. We're going to go back to John chapter 1. He was in the world. Verse 10. He, that's Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made through Jesus. I showed you in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, and then God said. In verse 1, the, the God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, the Holy Spirit hoovered over the face of the water. And God, verse 3 of Genesis 1 said, God said, let there be light. And that word God there is speaking is the Lord Jesus Christ, because he is the word of God. 
And his word, his word was made flesh, and he dwelt among us. He is the word of God. So we see the Holy Trinity in verse 1, Father, verse 2, the Holy Spirit. Verse 3, we see the word of God speaking, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He was in the world, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. And he came to his own, that means his own people, the Jews, and his own people, the Jews, did not receive him. But as many as did receive him, he gave them the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. You have a right to be a child of God by believing in the name of Jesus. And the 14th verse says, And the word of God, the one who spoke in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, and God said, Let there be light. Here it is. And the word, God's word, Jesus was made flesh, and he dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Here he is. He was made flesh. Let me turn you to Luke. Before we get into our message, this is important. Luke chapter 2. There's going to be a lot of pastors preaching on these Christmas passages in the next two or three weeks. Verse 2, chapter 2 of Luke. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus and all the world should be registered. This census took place while Quintius was governor of Syria. So all went to register everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which you know is Jerusalem, which is called Bethlehem, because he, he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth the firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, for all, which is for all the people. For there is born to you this day, in the city of David, a Savior who is called Christ the Lord, and His will be a, and this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe, capital B, rested in wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and good will toward men. This is important. God sent his only begotten son. If you wrote to Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5, it tells you that the son of God had a body prepared for him. God the Father prepared a body for him. He had no stately form or majesty. In other words, he wasn't like like you would call Brad Pitt, who just everybody, all these women think is a good looking guy. Jesus was just an average guy. Nothing attracted people to him except the miracles that he was doing. So what if, just what if, church, 
Jesus never came. What if Jesus never came? Let me tell you something. Let's look on, on, a, on, the, on the carnal point of view if Jesus never came. Listen, right now, there would be no feast of Christmas, holiday of Christmas. There would be no holy. There would be no mistletoes under which you can kill, kiss your spouse. There would be no Christmas trees or no wreaths in the world. There would be no stockings hung by the chimney with care. There will be no chapel bells ringing. The anniversary of our Savior Jesus' birth. I don't know about you guys out there. If you're in another state, maybe the chapel bells ring, but it doesn't happen here in Florida. I'm going to get me a bell to ring it before Christmas. There's no chapel bells where I'm from, from the Catholic church where I lived. Little hometown, there's like 3,000 people in it when I was born. Uh, a huge Catholic church. Those steeple bells rang every Easter, every Christmas, every morning. Not so in Florida. It's like we forgot about Jesus. There would be no bells if Jesus had not, if had not come. No wreaths, no hollies, no mistletoes. There would be no big dinner on Christmas Eve or, or uh, on Christmas Day. You wouldn't be getting with your family. This holiday would be eliminated. From a spiritual point of view, there would be no godly teachings in this world. Very few. From a godly point of view, there would be no cross that you could wear around your neck. Did you know that? Why do you wear that cross anyhow? You know what? It's a reminder. You know a cross is an instrument of death? But we wear it around our, our, our neck. You know why? Because you know that that cross speaks about God demonstrating his love towards you. Because you're a sinner. And he took your sin upon himself and died. And because he was sinless, death couldn't hold him. And the third day he rose from the grave. The spiritual point of view there would be no Holy Spirit to help you. You'd have to go to the President of the United States, your boss at work. You know, there would be no spirit, Holy Spirit to help you. Who Jesus told us, he's, he's, the, he's the helper. He's the counselor to go to when you run into trouble. There would be no grace. There would be no mercy. The world, you think it's a mess now? The world would be a lot worse off if, you know, if, if there were no mercy in this world because of the love of God. There'd be no hope for you. You'd be afraid to go to work. You might not come home at nighttime because people are so full of hatred that I read to you just earlier. They're full of hatred because they're empty in their heart. They would have no hope. They would have no heaven to go to if Jesus didn't come. They have no heaven. So you just die and that's it. And you know what? Unfortunately, a lot of the world thinks that that's it. That's not what this book says. That's not what Jesus said. That's not what God the Father said. And that's not what the Holy Spirit is telling you today. There'd be no salvation. You'd be lost in your sins. You'd be dead. There would be no churches. So if you think you're going to the church dinner 
or even the church bingo, there wouldn't be any churches. Because Jesus wasn't, it hadn't come yet. There would be no forgiveness for your sins. No forgiveness for your sins. And you know what? That Samaritan lying on the side of the road would continue to lie there because nobody had mercy or thanks or, or forgiveness for him or no grace to help him. There would be no beauty for ashes. Your life is ashes. Well, God causes all things to work together for the good to those who love him. And don't forget the nice part, to you who are called according to his purpose. There would be no gospel, good news. There would be no Christ came, he, no, he died, he was buried, and he is risen according to the Scriptures, which tells you there won't be any Scriptures except the Old Testament that points to one Messiah. But if there was no Jesus come, we couldn't point to that Messiah because he hadn't arrived yet. But the Bible tells us the Messiah will arrive as a conquering king. We also know that the Apostle Paul and the New Testament Scriptures talk about us being raptured out of here before the second advent of Christ's coming, which is at the end of the seven-year tribulation. You would have no garment of praise for the spirit of your heaviness. That means, you know what that means to me? There would be no songs in your heart. No songs in your heart. I love songs. Think about this. If Jesus didn't come, your loved ones, where would they be? Where would they be if Jesus hadn't come and died for their sins and paid the price? Where would they be? Just dead? You have an opportunity to receive Christ Jesus as your Savior that you might be saved and live in the kingdom of heaven forever in heaven where the streets are paved in gold. And believe me, God has work for you to do down here. You aren't going to sit up in heaven and praise God 24-7 for their eternity. He has work for you to do. There's an entire universe out there that he can fill you and have you place wherever he sees fit according to your, your uh, servanthood down here, I should say. I'm under the thought, and this is not scriptural, I think the moment we draw our last breath, the whole universe is going to light up like a Christmas tree because we see the darkness because we chose to sin against the Lord, against God, and disobey his word. And I know some of you think you're righteous, and you might be more righteous than others, but you still have original sin that Adam and Eve passed on through the generations. You know what? Man's sins were imputed on Jesus. And Jesus' righteousness has been imputed to you so that you can go to heaven and stay there with God and do whatever he has for you to do. So your loved ones would be departed. That would be dead. That's it. You never see them again. I'm hoping my children will realize that as they grow older in their life, that they would see that if I want to see dad or grandma or grandpa ever again, I need to receive Jesus as my Savior because he died for them, and they told me all their life. That's what I'm going to say to my children.
when it comes that time, I'm going to say, you know the way I've been telling you. If you want to see me again, you're going to need to ask and invite Jesus in your heart. That's what you're going to have to do with all your heart, not just mouth words. There would be no hope in the precious return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whew! I cannot wait for that day personally. When you see Christ come back in all of his glory, for the dead in Christ will rise first. The Lord, he's going to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and then we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. There'd be no hope of that. You'd be down here wallowing in the mud of this world, no hope that you're going to be in heaven with God. God has a mansion prepared for you, says the Scriptures. And I'm going to tell you what, there's no plumbing in that mansion because there's no waste. Because this world has become waste because of sin. Jesus died on the cross and he made an open spectacle of the devil triumphing over him through the word. And you know what? He not only triumphed over him, he smashed his head and ground it into the dirt. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. The devil is defeated and God is exalted here at Freedom Church. Let's look at some more things. There would be no eternal life. There would be no good news look at this man man with all the good news that we have with the fear of god that's in this world we still have people that go get themselves from automatic rifles and shoot innocent people it's disgusting there would be no good news everything on the on the tv would be a hundred times worse than it is right now let me rephrase that maybe a million times worse and it is right now. You'd be afraid to walk out the door if Jesus had not come. Before I get a little deeper in that, I want to read our, our, our verse here today. John 15, 18 through 22. I read verse 18 to you. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because you do not know him because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Listen to that last verse again. Here's one thing. If Jesus had not come, right here in the 22nd verse, if he had not come, and spoken these things to him, all the beautiful sayings and teachings he had, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin because of all the things that he was doing. 
he would, let me let me give you some of the things that he was doing. We just went through the the first, not even the finished the eighth chap to the eighth chapter of Matthew. I want to show you in that in these that chapter so far. What that twenty second verse says, but that now they have no excuse because they would have no sin because of the things that he did. They know that there's righteousness. They know there's a God. In Matthew chapter 8 alone, we saw Jesus heal um, uh, a leper who was completely leprosy right before people's eyes. That man was restored. We saw him raise a, a servant of a centurion from, from basically almost dead. And he wasn't even present in the house. We saw him heal Peter's mother-in-law of a fever. We saw him pray over the sick and cast out demons. And next, next when we get back into Matthew, we're going to see that he cast out demons out of, out of uh, two, two demoniacs, one of them being called Legion. We saw him just last Sunday calm a storm. He just said, hush, be still. And they, you know, the storm stopped. I mean, and I explained this storm on Sunday. He had authority. So he has authority over creation. He has authority over demons. He has authority over sick people. He has authority to heal uh, a fever, a little thing. He has, he, he's able to raise people from their deathbed. And he is also able to heal leprosy, which is one of the worst kind of degrading sins. It rots you from the inside out, and that's what Jesus is saying. If you come to me, you will no longer have the sin that rots you out, and lust becomes sin and then leads to death. It's just a progressive downward spiral. But because Jesus came, you have no excuse, neither do I. There's bodily healing he did while he walked the earth. He had authority over nature. He cast out demons. He raised dead people. We didn't even get to that yet. One person, the widow of Nain's son, was probably only dead a few hours because the Jewish people had to bury their dead before 24 hours. We don't know how long that kid was dead. Jairus' daughter, we don't know how long she was dead. We know that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He was dead for four days. He should have been stinking and rotting away. Jesus came and rose him from the dead. You tell me anybody else that has done that. There's no excuse if you say you don't believe in Jesus. There's no excuse. The scriptures are full of, of proof that Jesus Christ is Lord all the way from Genesis 1 to Revelation 21. You're without excuse. He even created right in front of their eyes by breaking bread and breaking fish. He was multiplying right there, multiplying food right before their very eyes. A group of 5,000, a group of 4,000, which didn't even include the women and the children and even the pets they might have. Wow. There's no excuse is what Jesus is saying here. There's no excuse if you don't believe in Jesus. 
So let's go back to the spiritual part. If Jesus had never come, there would be no eternal life. If Jesus hadn't come, there'd be no good news. There would be no resurrections. Resurrection. There would be, listen, church, no agape love. It would all be practically eros. There would be no Holy Spirit in this world. There would be no teachings of love. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the peacemakers. There would be no teachings of love. I said there would be no church. There would be no deliverance. So if you're stuck in an alcohol addiction, a sexual addiction, or a drug addiction, or any kind of other addiction, you'd be stuck there forever. There would be no deliverance here on earth. There would be, like you heard here tonight, there would be no inspiring worship. There would be no inspiring worship. There would be no joy. Jesus, others, and you. That's the order of joy. Jesus first, others second, you third. There would be no singing in your heart and making melody unto the Lord. There would be no praise. Who would you praise? You want to praise our, our President of the United States? He can't do anything. He really doesn't really have all the power. There would be no promises. In the Bible, many scholars say there's somewhere between 3,000 and 7,000 promises in the Bible. There would be none of them for you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the Lord. And forget not all his benefits, who heals all your diseases, who delivers your life from the pit. Listen, there would be none of that. Be no miracles. Because none of us in this world has the power to do what we saw Jesus do. Therefore, you are without excuse when it comes to Jesus Christ. There would be no victory over evil. You know what? You think the devil's rampant now? Jesus wouldn't have crushed his skull at the cross, and he would make a heyday out of people. People would be killing people because they told him a little white lie, or because he got the promotion before you got it. They'd be killing one another. Because the devil has not defeated You certainly wouldn't have any salvation because Jesus opened the way to the kingdom of God. He led those captive captive that were held in captivity until he crushed Satan and opened up the gates of heaven. And then he gave gifts to men. That first gift was eternal life and they went marching into the kingdom of heaven. There would be no messages of comfort like I read on Sunday. First 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Let me read it to you because it's a powerful. Somebody after, after that service texted me and said, What verse was that, Pastor Joe? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4.
I'll find it yet. These pages are so thin. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. There wouldn't be any comfort, church. Who comforts all of us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the same comfort which we ourselves are comforted with by God. There would be no comfort for your tribulation. But since there is, since you made it through your messy divorce and your heart was broken, you can help other people that are going through that because their spouse chose not to love them anymore. This is a powerful, powerful verse. Let me read it again. Blessed be the God of our Father and the Lord Je- the, of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. There would be no mercy. The God of all comfort. There would be no comfort. Who comforts us in your tribulation. That you can comfort others that are in the same place with the same comfort you yourself received from God. Oh, man. Praise God. What if Jesus didn't come? What a mess this world would be. There would be no message of comfort, no heaven. From dust to dust, you you were created out of dust, you'd go back to dust. You were made out of ashes, you'd go back to ashes. There'd be no mansion in heaven for you, according to John chapter 14, where Jesus said, have no, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. And since there are mansions, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And then I'm going to come again and take you to myself. There would be none of that beauty. Oh, my goodness. How a great God and Savior we have, Jesus Christ. There be no carpets of praise for your spirit of heaviness. There's a song, and then that's, it goes like this, Joy to the World. It says, He comes to make the blessings flow as far as the curse is found, the curse of sin. There's no excuse for hating and rejecting Jesus Christ and His Father. Jesus did the works that nobody else did. And they still hate him. Do you believe that? Nobody can prove that Jesus didn't walk out of that grave. You know he did. He fulfilled over 365 scriptures in the Old Testament. Let me get you to name a few. You are without excuse. The scriptures tell us that he would be a lamb led to the slaughter. The scriptures tell us that he would be born of a virgin woman. The scriptures say that he would she, he would be born in Bethlehem. He would be sent to Egypt. He would grow up in a poor family. He the scriptures tell us that because of him Herod would murder, massacre babies from 2 years old and down in Nazareth in uh, in Bethlehem. The scriptures tell us he was raised in Nazareth. Jesus was fulfilling all that. The scriptures tell us he would be named Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
A body was prepared to him. He came to his own people, and those who were his own people did not receive him, but as many as did receive him, they became the children of God. He would be both God and man. He would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He would come riding into the city of Jerusalem on a donkey, and he would be identified then as Messiah. He would sit on the throne of David, being in the line of David. Joseph was in the line of David all the way to the kingship line, all the way to Solomon the king, the son of Bathsheba and David. If we go to Mary, she was of the line of Nathan, another son of Bathsheba and, uh, and David. This is the line of David. He would, be, he would be a mighty God. He would be the prince of peace. He would sit on the throne of David, being the a line of David through the royal line of the kingship of Joseph and the bloodline that leads to Mary through their, their son Nathan of David and Bathsheba. It says that he would be a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek who had no beginning, he had no end, he had no genealogy. He would be the great I am. He would be a stumbling stone. If you haven't received Christ as Jesus, you're stumbling on, the, on that stone of Jesus. And he promises if you, if you stumble on that stone, and receive him as your savior, knowing that, you'll be fine. But if you don't, that rock will crush you. He's fulfilling all these scriptures. He'll be the chief cornerstone, and he is the chief cornerstone of the scriptures. You take Jesus out of the scriptures, you take Messiah out of the scriptures, you're going to have a dead book. But he's alive and well, and the Holy Spirit is alive and well as you read it. He would have no ordinary, he would have an ordinary appearance. There would be no deceit in his mouth. He would be innocent. He would be zealous for the Lord's house. He would bring hope to the hopeless. He would be called the shepherd. He would be called the anointed one, the Messiah. He would minister to the poor. He would heal the sick. He would raise the dead. He would open blind eyes. He would preach good news to the poor. He would be the messenger of the new covenant. He would justify all men before God. He would be a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He would be crowned with a, with a crown of thorns. His character would be holy, merciful, faithful, goodness, compassionate, wise, understanding, truthful, meek, humble, lowly. He would be altogether lovely, says the scriptures. He would heal the broken hearted. He would set the captives free. He would open presents for those who were bound up. He would be the kinsman redeemer. He would be offered as a drink offering. He would be cut off, but not for himself. He would be cut off for you and me, according to Daniel chapter 9. His friends would deny him. He would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver, despised and rejected, spit on, beard pulled out, punched in the face, whipped. 
He would be stripped naked, bruised for our iniquities, and he would be pierced for our transgressions. There's only one man that ever existed in the world that fulfilled all these scriptures, and we're not even close to done yet. They would call him a, they would bring in false witnesses to have him killed. They would gamble for his clothing. They would, he would be crucified and killed. He would be hung on a tree, a cross. He would die with criminals at his side. He would be given vinegar to drink. He would die a broken, of a broken heart. He would be buried with the rich. He would not undergo decay. He would raise from the dead the third day. He would become a rock and a fortress, our God, our deliverer, our strength. He would ascend to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. We saw when Stephen Stephen was stoned to death, Jesus was at the right hand of the Father, only he wasn't sitting. He was standing because one of the saints was going to be coming into his kingdom of, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will come again, the Scriptures say. He would be the bridge to heaven. There is no other name by which you must be saved. You are without excuse. He would ascend to heaven. He would sit at the right hand of power. He would... His vesture, when he returns at the second advent, will be dipped in blood because out of the sword in his mouth will be wiping out all his enemies, those who hate God. He would set up a millennial kingdom. He would bind the devils for a thousand years. Then they would be, the devil would be let forth again and for a short time. Man, if you don't know who Jesus is by now, you haven't been listening. What did I do with it? With it? Oh my goodness! I had a. I had. Oh, here it is. We sing Christmas carols today, right? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna rewrite the lyrics to Frosty the Snowman. Okay, I'm listening to that song all over the Christian radio stations, and it's a nice song. I like it, but but this. This isn't about Frosty the Snowman. This is about Jesus Christ, Him crucified. It's about you receiving Him as your Savior so you don't die. Here's Frosty the Snowman. Was a jolly, happy soul with a corncob pipe and a bunch of button, button nose and two eyes made out of coal. Frosty the Snowman is a fairy tale, they say. He was made of snow, but the children know how he came to life one day. There must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found, for when he placed it on his head, he began to dance around. Frosty the snowman was as alive as he could be, and the children say he could laugh and play, just like you and me, thumpity thump thump. Oh, man, what a Christmas song. This isn't about Frosty the snowman, Christian, Christian. This is about Jesus Christ, him crucified, dead, buried, resurrected according to the Scriptures. I rewrote the lyrics. Frosty the Snowman. Chris, the non-Christian, was a fun-loving, happy soul, they say, with pride in his pipe and a turned-up nose and two eyes as black as coal. Jesus the Lord is a fairy tale, they say. He was made up, don't you know? They say Jesus came to life that day. There must have been some fraud in the scriptures that they found, 
But when Christians placed Christ in their heart, that he began to preach around. Oh, Chris the Christian, now alive as he could be, Christian believers say Jesus came to life the third day and paid sin's debt for you and me. Spiritually, spiritually, now I can see. Spiritually, spiritually, Jesus now lives in me. Wow, look at the Christians go preaching, preaching everywhere they go. Oh, Christian, the believer knew that someday he must go. So he said, let's preach around and win some souls before God takes me home. Down to the village with the Bible in his hands, preaching here and there and around the square, the village square, right to the end of time. And he almost paused a moment when he heard Jesus say, don't stop. Oh, Christian, the Christian had a hurry on his way. He was going to heaven someday because Jesus paved the way, redeeming you and me with the precious blood. He paid the price. Since debt is paid for you and me. Since debt is paid by Jesus, don't you see? Be a believer and a receiver and be in heaven someday. Whew, I like that version better. I could use some editing but it works that's what this message is all about what if Jesus never came what if Jesus never came you think it's hell out there now oh my goodness there's going to be all hell break loose when the when the saints the restrainer is taken out of the world. And that restrainer is the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit lives in you, that's a picture of the rapture. We're going to be raptured out of here. And all hell is going to break loose down here on earth. Because the restrainer, the Holy Spirit, is gone. And the restrainers, the, the Holy Spirit restrains this world. Because we, the believer, the Christian, is in this world today. And that's what's holding back the evil. Us preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Might I, might I say, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. So Christian, keep on, keep on waiting and praying and doing the job that God called you to do. For Jesus Christ is surely you, your, uh, yours. But for you who don't know Christ Jesus, you are without excuse. There has been no other man. And no other man could fulfill 365 scriptures. They say if one man could fill just eight of those scriptures, you could cover Texas with a foot of silver dollars all over the mass area, put one red dot of paint on one silver dollar, and send somebody in there to get one choice to grab the right coin with one 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 red mark on it, and it will never happen in two trillion times billions of years. Jesus Christ is Lord, and that's what Freedom Church has to say today, and that's what I say as Joseph Robert Trapani, the pastor of this church. We love Jesus here. This church is all about Jesus Christ, Him crucified, Him buried, and Him risen according to the Scriptures. So if you have a problem with Jesus, you will be very uncomfortable in this church. But you know what? 
We're not making converts here. We're, and then those that are converted, we are making them disciples because Jesus told us. He said, I go, therefore, and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being in this church tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being in our hearts that are in this church tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being in the hearts of those out there that are listening online. Father, thank you for being in their heart. And for those out there that don't have Jesus in his heart, I pray that tonight they will ask Jesus to come into their heart. Father, you so loved the world, you gave us a great gift, your son, Jesus Christ. Father God, I pray that those that don't know Jesus and never received the gift of Christ Jesus, that they go under the tree, grab the gift, open it up, and ask Jesus Christ to come in their heart. But a lot of people are out there without opening that gift, a beautiful gift that you gave us of your beautiful Son, Jesus Christ, whom we love and adore with all of our heart. We love you tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. To God be the glory. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. God bless you out there. I love you all.